Thank you for listening to the first episode of the Magenta Maven. Today's guest is the one and only Faith Taylor. Okay, so we have a lot of questions. So the first one I'm going to ask is, so tell us about your childhood. Do you have any brothers or sisters? Where are you from? I grew up in Orange Park, Florida, which you might know is just across the river. The St. John's, that is. If you're not in Jacksonville and you're listening. It was a very awful place. <laughs> I, I have one sister. She's seven years older than me. So that would make her 40, 40, 40 this year. And I grew up with my mom and my dad over in Orange Park. And my parents divorced, I think, sometime around the time I was 12. And, and then my mother got together with her now wife. And they've been together for over 15 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, did you, you went to school at Orange Park as well? What school did you- I did. I went, I went to grade school there. It was pretty... It was pretty tough as a transgender woman. Woman, it was it was pretty tough growing up. I, I, let me correct myself. Not as a transgender woman, but as as a gay boy at the time, it was really difficult. It's very Republican in Orange Park, and not to get into politics, but it was just back in that time. It was it was just really difficult to be gay in in Clay County. I'm not sure how things have changed. I hope they've changed a lot, but. It pretty much tormented me most of my childhood. <laughs> well, what kind of person like at school were you? Did you did you play sports? Did you do certain things, or did you just kind of stay back? And um, in break it in, in uh, you know elementary school, um, you know I wasn't very active. I was I was an okay student. I, in high school, I went to Douglas Anderson School of the Performing Arts, and then I transferred to Orange Park High School my sophomore year. And I continued through my junior year where I then dropped out and um, immediately got my GED. And I was on the swim team. Did you have any like role models or anything at the time when you were in school or? Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Definitely Buffy the Vampire Slayer. (laughs) Oh yeah. She was really good. I remember her, unfortunately that show ended and I wish it would have kept going or would come back. So uh, when did you actually come out or? As trans? Or- um, I came out as gay to, to my family when I was about 12 or 13. And my parents were very accepting. My family was very accepting. It was actually, it's actually a really funny coming coming out story if you want me to share it with you. Yes, yes, please. Okay. So do you remember slam books? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. So you would write notes to your friends in a notebook and you would pass that notebook to each other in between classes where they would then re- reply. So I was talking so many, 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 many dirty, dirty, dirty things about this boy that I had a crush on in junior high school. And oh my God, he was just the most beautiful boy. But anyways, I was in ISS because, you know, like I, uh, like I mentioned before, you know, the school system really targeted me a lot and as well as my being targeted by my peers And, you know, I just got in trouble for everything. It was, you know, if I got frustrated and broke my pencil, I was sent to the principal for SWATs. 
you know, and it was just silly stuff like that. Like, you know, kids get frustrated, but, and stuff happens, but, uh, they, they really did target me. So I, I was in ISS in school suspension quite frequently. And I was, I had my slam book on my desk cause I was looking for something and the ISS teacher just came by and swiped it right up. And I just immediately put my head on my hands and I'm oh, like, gosh. Oh my God, you know, I, I know what I've written. <laughs> Not good. And so, so she read it and then passed it to the guidance counselor and she read it and no, no, excuse me, passed it to the principal and he read it and then passed it to the guidance counselor and she read it. And then the guidance counselor was like, I don't know how to handle this. So yeah, I'm passing this back to the principal. So then they called my parents. So they, um, they called my parents and my sister is the one who actually came because she, I don't remember exactly how she knew. I think that, I think the principal had told her, you know, Dominic has written some really graphic stuff about another male student. And we feel like this is an issue that should probably be dealt with at home and not here, which was actually one of the good things that they did. Probably the only thing. And uh, so anyways, my sister came to pick me up from school and hang my head in shame. And, you know, she's like, it's okay. We're not going to tell mom and dad, you know, what you wrote. We're just going to say you're gay. And this is, it is what it is. And blah, blah, blah. So yeah, my, my mother did eventually find out because I think that she pestered my sister enough that she told her. And so, you know, it was really graphic stuff that my mom had to hear about her 12 year old son in junior high school and the things that she wanted to do to this boy she had a crush on or he had a crush on. So, uh, yeah, that was how my parents found out. (laughs) At least they know what's up now. (laughs) I was mowing the yard and one of my friends had, he had had a really good relationship with, with his mom. And I was like, oh, I would really love to have that relationship with mine. And I'm outside mowing the yard and I'm just like bawling because I have not come out to my parents or nothing. And so, and I'm like crying really bad. And my mom's like, what's wrong? So I just came out to her while I was mowing the yard. So (laughs) it was like, but at first I thought it was a fright. I thought it was a phase. And then she learned again later that it was not a phase, you know, and of course she accepted it. So how did you get started in drag? That's how I will start Jade Jolie from RuPaul's Drag Race. I think it was season four. Mm-hmm. This is long before Drag Race, of course. But she was a friend of mine at the time. And I was going to the club as Dominic all the time. And she was like, oh, you should, you know, everybody kept begging for me to do drag. Is Dominic and I was like, I just wasn't interested at all. But uh, she made me do it. And... Uh, and it was interesting. She, I had, my hair was like up to maybe the middle of my ears or down to the middle of my ears. So it was long for a boy, but not quite, you know, it's very Nick. Um, what was his name from Backstreet Boys? Oh, uh, Nick Carter. Nick Carter. It was very Nick Carter. So she glued these, these tracks of hair into the back of my hair. And so I looked like I had a mullet. Um, I, I, I looked like Joe Exotic, but brunette. Yeah, it was really bad. And she she had this fringe dress that she had cut up, like cut the middle out of. So it was just like a bra top and a really teeny tiny little skirt that didn't even 
that barely even closed. I had to safety pin it closed to my side. So I had like a slit in the side. So my entire leg was out. And these god-awful black booties with this chunky heel that was terrible. And I went in and Rian and Todd, the hostess of the talent show at the time, was was taking music. I turned in my music. The first song I ever did was Christina uh, Aguilera, Dirty. Oh, yeah. And that was that was just because I knew like all the choreography already, and you know, you were practicing at home so before you went out. Yeah, it was a no-brainer. I didn't even know I was going to need their <laughs> skills one day <laughs> and make a career out of it at that. So I'm in this dressing room with all of these other people, and uh, and she asked me what my name is, and I just freeze, and I'm like, oh crap! I just totally forgot to pick a name for myself. Like I can't, I'm not going to go out as Dominic. So again, Buffy fan. My best friend comes up real quick and is like, Faith. Her name is Faith. Oh, yeah. So I was like, uh, okay, my name is Faith. Like, whatever. You know, I mean, I, I'm just doing this one time. So anyways, I did the talent show, performed Dirty. It was at the Metro Entertainment Complex in, here in Jacksonville. And I was chugging beer and shots from my friends. And mind you, I was underage behind stage. And then all of a sudden my music comes on and I go running out and the spotlight hits me. And I don't even remember what I did out there, but I guess I did it right. You know, I know that my choreography was on point. Oh, yeah. But I'm sure that was a mess. And I surely looked a mess. But uh, yeah, thus Faith was born. And I, I went by just Faith for, for several years before I added the tailor. I was going to say, how did you end up in the house of Taylor? Like, how did that come about? So... Bob Taylor, he was, uh, we were working, he, he brought Tasha, company Tasha, to the Night Zone, uh, which was the club in Ocala, or Belcala, as they like to call it, because it was like right on the border of Bellevue and Ocala. And it was, they had actually moved me out there to be on cast. And he comes in and I was like, oh, this man is fine as hell. And um, I actually thought that I was like, oh, it's, it, I thought that him and Tasha, Tasha Long were together. And they were like, oh, no, he's single, but, you know, he's real gay or, you know, and, and at the time I was living as a woman. So I identified as a woman. So I was like, oh, he's gay. Doesn't want me. So anyways, he says after the show, he comes back and he says, you are a white girl with rhythm. And I like that about you. Faith Taylor has a nice ring to it. And I'm like, I don't even know who this dude is. Like, he's hot, but... To take his last name. You know, and then, <laughs> yeah, like, I'm like, I'm not going to take your name. Like, it's weird when I'm married. Um, you know, and I didn't even know anything about drag families at the time. So, you know, houses and drag families really didn't become a huge thing until recently. You know, the house of Cavalli, the house of Andrews, the house of Taylor. It's actually not not house, it's house. Oh, but yeah, for some reason, we're all German all of a sudden. <laughs> and anyways, he he adopted me. And I, once I found out that he was a very prestigious person in the industry and, you know, he could help guide me through through my journey as an entertainer. And uh, yeah, so that's how I became a tailor. I know you get it. been a wonderful mentor. Doing some of the burlesque, you uh, travel around with them and do different stuff with them. How did you get into doing that with Ivy? And so Ivy and I met. Ivy Les Vixens is the leader of the Les Vixens burlesque troupe, which is the number one burlesque troupe in Orlando. And they have been voted the best two or three years in a row, I think. Um, could be more. I don't know. I just know that the past two or three years I've been paying attention. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, they're um, very good. I mean, that was the first burlesque that I've seen, and I love it. Yeah, they're interactive incredible ivy's extremely talented and she's just got a personality that everybody falls in love with so we met for the first time at twist not twist a rooster it was cold keg at the time and that was the place to go in melbourne and she walks into the dressing room and the first thing that she thinks is wait a minute did did they hire another go-go dancer or another burlesque girl like i thought that i was the only one in the show like i'm really confused right now like you know Oh, we see another pretty girl. We get a little nervous in the dressing room, you know, and it's just how it goes. And uh, yeah, we just fell in love with each other's personalities really quickly and worked together from that point on several times. We worked together really closely at Inca Hoots. I was the host there for five years. We worked together many Wednesdays, many Friday nights, just laughing it up in the dressing room, taking selfies together. And uh, the lesbian community has always supported me throughout my drag career my first like full-time not full-time but like my first time being a part of something in the drag community was being a part of 100 degrees celsius which was just a group of entertainers just all different types of entertainers drag kings queens burlesque bio whatever and they were an elite group of entertainers and i was um i'm so very proud to have been a part of that most of our shows were at the norm which is across from the metro entertainment complex in jacksonville and it's something different now but my main audience there was lesbian so when i became the show director at the university club in gainesville i wanted to do something to give back to the lesbian community and i also needed to add something different to my night to make it different than all of the other nights that have shows at the university club. So I reached out to Ivy and said, you know, I really want to bring the Vixens. I want to do like a lesbian night every other night, you know, every other Thursday. And she was like, I'm down. Yeah. You let me know. So we, my friend Katie and I, she's like a sister to me. She, she helped me come up with the name Mixin with Vixens. And the idea is, for that particular event to be a ladies' night for ladies who love ladies. And it took off huge, much bigger than I than I expected. And the whole thing about Mixing with Vixens is that it's not just a burlesque show. It's it's a burlesque show and it is a specific night for the lesbian designated just for the lesbian community. You know, when you go to gay clubs, you see boys dancing in thongs all over the bars and stuff. It's not really lesbian friendly. And I wanted to create an environment that lesbians would appreciate and that they would they would want to come to, give them a little eye candy to look at. So Mixing with Vixens was born. We've, um, we've taken it to, I think, um, six cities. And it is now permanently in two and we are still on the grind looking for more venues that want an event of this sort well i know it's a very good show i know you did was it the third sunday at mary's here in jackson third sunday evening and then uh in gainesville when is it usually there first and third thursdays of the month okay yeah it's a very good show so hopefully everybody will get to catch it I mean, even as a gay man, I love to watch that burlesque show. I don't know what it is about it, but I it's love it. It's a completely different type of entertainment. You know what I mean? Like, it's so cool to watch them do what they do. Do you have a favorite? Um, She does a lot of... Um, Cannot think of what her last... What her name is. I only seen her the one time because she only came to Jacksonville when I came in to see her. And she did, like, a Marilyn Manson. She had dress. That was definitely very contrary. Yes, that one's yeah. Mary, her, Mary, she is awesome. 
is like one of my favorites. Yeah, she's incredible. And Ivy too, but I like Ivy because she does more like to or the one when I've seen her, she's done like the older songs. I mean, she does more like newer songs, but she has done a few like older timey sounding songs. I don't know how to. Yeah, yeah, very very traditional burlesque. Yeah, yes, I like that's what I like about her. And plus, she's super nice. Like, I, I've met her or talked to her outside before she's actually came in to do her show. And super, super nice. Yeah, Mary Contreras, um, you know, she's like, she puts on one of the most deceiving personas, if you ask me, like, in as far as the, the Vixens are concerned. Because, you know, she comes out there and she does all of that hardcore rock and roll. And I mean, hardcore. And you would think that she would be some hard ass. But when you talk to her backstage, she's like, oh, oh thank you. Oh, I love I love these things and glitter and stuff. And she's like, it's it's just it's just interesting. The That's just her music choice. She's she's the rock and roll chick, but she's also one of the sweetest people you will ever meet. I think a lot of people get nervous because they get intimidated by everything, by the by drag queens, by the the entertainers and everything, but they don't really realize how super, super nice everybody is still. I like it. You know, I've I've received a few times people saying that, you know, I'm intimidating or I'm unapproachable and you know, which which is just astounding to me because I'm like the easiest person in the world to talk to. Uh, you know what I mean? Anybody comes up to me, I'm like Hey, how's it going? Want to go outside and have a cigarette? Want to go to the bar and do a shot? Like, let's do it. You know, like, let's let's have a good time. I want to make sure you're having a good time. Who are your friends? Where are your friends? Get them over here. Let's all do shots. You know, and I think that it's just a persona that we have to put, you know, when you're in face, as we call it, you know, you you have to own your shit and you have to, to act like, you know, you're the best thing ever. And, you know, you you hold your head high and your shoulders back and you walk with confidence. And I think that that intimidates a lot of people, but you know, I wouldn't say the majority, but a lot of us are pretty cool. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Everybody that I've met, has been good. I mean, like I, if it wasn't for uh, Nick, you know, and stuff, I wouldn't have probably really wouldn't have talked to a lot. I've been one of those people that have been like, you know, Oh, I don't know. I'm too scared to go up there and talk to him. Cause I don't, you know, I don't know how that will be. But then now that I like pretty much, know everybody and how they are i'm like oh go up there and talk to them if you you know if you really want to because it's very uh, you know they're super super nice and they're you know well if you have questions like you know then they're willing to answer anything because i know a lot of people that's why i like doing uh this is because a lot of people does have questions and but they're just afraid to to ask just not 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 some like way out there you know don't get too personal with somebody like you're just going to try to tear them down or something too. You know? And this is, I, I would like to add this. This isn't school. There are such thing as stupid questions that you can ask us, <laughs> but well, yeah. um, you know, it's not like you're going to get, you know, hurt from it. <laughs> it's just, I wouldn't say stupid questions, silly questions, but you know, like some people just ask some really inappropriate stuff right off the bat i mean yeah, you know, to yeah. Where if you ain't gonna ask your you know your uh to me I, if i'm not gonna ask my parent or somebody like that the question then i really wouldn't go up there and ask somebody unless i knew them no, like, okay. you know so good that it's that i'm comfortable with doing that right like me yeah that's right 
So I know that you, every year you go and do a kids count, take off for a while and you're going to do that. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I, for the past two years, I have volunteered at a summer camp for transgender youth. It is called Camp Aeronutic. And it, it was an amazing experience. I learned a lot. Um, I won't be returning, but that's not because of any particular reason. It's just because I started my own program. And so I'm trying to get off that off the ground. And it'll also be, it'll be similar to a camp, but more like a retreat. So for transgender youth. So I'll be working on, on that for, for years to come. It takes years to, to perfect. Uh, camp Air Nunic has been around for, they just, Last year was the 10th year anniversary and, you know, it's, it's an amazing program. It's, it's incredible. My first year there, it was just, I had to look, I was looking around and I had to ask one of the other counselors, you know, so are all of these kids trans? Cause, cause I mean, these kids were between the ages of, I don't know, seven or eight to 16. And I mean, they were just beautiful every single one of them and, and, and living their lives at such a young age as the gender that they, they were there, they feel, I guess the reason I had to ask is because for these particular kids, there wasn't that, that in-between phase, that, that awkward phase, you know, like when you're growing out your hair, you know, and, and you kind of look androgynous, you know, a lot of these kids, come from very supportive families and are already on hormone therapy. Um, some of these kids don't have supportive families, but their their parents sent them to camp because this is their three weeks to be trans. And then when they come home, they have to be quote normal. And it was, it's just, it's just an incredible thing and experience, you know, and one of the girls, the senior girls last year said in her speech, you know, look around you, look next to you, look to your left, look to your right. You know, this is the only place in the world that you can go. And the person next to you is probably transgender. And when she said that, I was just like, wow, like, A, the only place? That's sad. That's really an incredible thing. Um, Nick Teich, who is the founder of the program, he, uh, you know, he's created something really beautiful for the kids. And I'm and I'm really glad that they have that. And I'm looking forward to, to taking some notes from him and his, his how he runs his program and incorporating that into how I'm going to run mine. Well, that'll be uh, really good because I know it'll it'll be closer than where you're going for sure. That way, you know, it probably some of these kids may not be able to. Um, did they have funding or was it something that the parents had to pay for? Um, there, there are scholarship funds for, for families who can't afford to send their kids to camp. But generally speaking, the parents do pay to send them to the summer camp. But it is a registered 501c3, so it is it is not-for-profit. And they they get a lot of donations from from all over the place, um, including a lot of the parents. And uh, you know, them them paying for their kids to attend certainly doesn't hurt either. They have a beautiful property. If someone was going to get in contact with you, Armin, are you still trying to get a board together and stuff? Like, what if somebody wanted to be um, on there? I I have my board. Um, I I have assembled my board already for transcending adolescent. I do have spots open. I can have up to nine on the board. The officers have already been designated, and um, you know we're always looking for people to to help us grow. You know, people that have connections in the community and that are willing to to put in the work that's necessary to get this program to get my program off the ground. So they can definitely contact me. 
be in my social media. Gotta have faith 3.0, 2.0 is taken on Instagram and uh, fake G Taylor or Christina Nicole Guriba on Facebook. Okay. And I will post those um, too on the description of the uh, podcast as well. So that uh, someone listening or whatever, they can get in contact with you if they need to or would like to. That way they can uh, volunteer their time or something, especially when once it yeah. started, I'm sure you're going to need plenty of them. Yeah. Once, once all of this coronavirus stuff is over, no. I'm sorry, I had to say it like hard to be. <laughs> once all of this is over, you know, we'll be hitting the ground running really hard trying to work on ways to fundraise. You know, you'll see us at local prides as many as we can afford to go to, you know, and spread the word about transcending adolescence. Hopefully this year we'll still be having one and it won't be, well, I know it's not, it's usually what, here in October. Ours is in October. Everybody else is in June. Hopefully this will be over with by October and not be trying to come back around again. Yeah, better not. They said that it might in the fall. No. Yeah, it's a, I hate it. <laughs> That's all I know is that because we have to stay away from everybody. Uh, at least I still get to see you yeah. this way, but I know when you went to the camp, it was like we're almost all of us almost died because you were <laughs> you wasn't around. Yeah, I was um, this last year. I was I was gone for I took six weeks off of work to go, and uh, that was a long ass time. It was incredible though. I mean, it it's it's not a vacation; it's a workcation. Yeah. Um, it was a cool experience. You know, we we get we got a day off like uh, every seven days or something like that. And my friends with Carve or that lived up in the area or stuff, they, they took me around to see different areas. And it was it was a lot of fun. Like, I think I can't disclose the location of the camp, but where it's located, we have access to be like in four states, you know, like within a day, just popping over borders, just popping over border after border. And, uh, you know, it's, it's in the Northeast United States. Um, you know, so I did get some main lobster rolls. That was pretty cool. <laughs> One of my last questions I have for you um, is uh, I'm sure during your life that you've experienced some highs and lows. So what lessons do you wish that you would have known earlier in life? I know it's kind of a deep question. I think that it's not it's not so much a lesson that I that I want to learn or that I that I wish I would have learned. It's. It's more of a lesson. Um, it's more of a lesson that I think everybody else can learn from. You know that 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 I'm, that I'm more more of a lesson that I'm grateful for. You know, I'm I'm grateful that through those highs and lows, I've always been able to accept things at face value. I respect where I stand in the opinion of other people. I respect where I stand um, in this community, and I think that. This is a tough one to explain. I, I think that my ability to accept things that face face value has has helped me tremendously over, overcome the low and um, and really succeed in the highs. If that does that make any sense to you? Do you need yes. to ask me another question? <laughs> <laughs> I know there was like this question I had it like, and I was like, I don't know if I should ask these. I said, cause if it was me answering these questions, I would take me forever to respond to this. Cause you know, everything, everybody has their own ways of dealing with stuff and different things like that. And I think that I, I think that I found the way to do that. You know, that's why I started uh, my, my program transcending adolescence is because I want to share that with, 
with other people, you know, if you, if you understand that people don't understand you, that some people just don't understand you or just don't like you, then you're oddly okay with that. You know what I mean? But when, when, when you don't let it hurt you or get to you and you just accept that this person's just a dick, you know, and this is their opinion of you and, and you're not going to change that. I think that when you, when you're okay with that, that's, that's when you're able to move forward with your life and really succeed and overcome, you know, anything that life throws at you because you, it's like, you can't be bothered by anything, but, but of course, not to the extent of being unbothered. If that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Cause the older I get, I'm getting more, you know, more like that. Uh, I wish that would have been the way, way that I am now when I was younger, but unfortunately I wasn't. So, and plus I lived, came from a small town. But accept it. Yes. Yeah. And I came from accept a small that. town. So that kind of, Right. As soon as I moved to Jacksonville, though, I kind of got a little bit better, which I've been here probably about 10 years. So it's been a, <laughs> a lot better than what it was when I was back home. That's so good. But thank you for very much for letting me uh, do this interview interview with you on here. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Always oh, good to see your face. <laughs> you too. Perfect. Cocktails when this is all over. Oh, yeah. Your favorite. Uh, raspberry bomb. Yes, please. I know plenty of those. But they are so good. <laughs> and they're even better on Sundays. Thank you again for listening to the Magenta Maven. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Magenta Maven, M-A-V-A-N. Click and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. A new episode comes out every Wednesday.